things that you would like to do and accomplish. Many of those things we try to do at the first of the year, we say, well, I'm going to work out a little bit more, or I'm going to... Uh, you know, I'm going to be a little more diligent in maybe my reading or my studying this year, or I'm going to run a marathon this year. <laughs> Not. But nonetheless, in that process, we try to look at something that we want to adjust because it kind of jump starts us in this new year. And it, it's exciting about that, and yet we, we know we struggle with that at times. I know I do. But we talked about those commitments and how it is that God wants to bless us, spiritually speaking, as well. And so through that process, what is it that we can do to allow us to have the success that truly God wants us to have in our lives? And so in that, we have to keep in mind that we can't forget. Because when we forget, we just slack off. And when we slack off, things begin to pale a little bit. The, the, the paint begins to chip, not only in the building, but in our spiritual lives as well. And Sometimes we need that fresh coat of paint. And perhaps that's what you've decided this year, to be here and to get energized, if you will, once again, to be a part of what God would have you to do. So we have to be careful not to forget. I heard about a man who moved into a retirement community, and he was going to spend the rest of his life. There is a single guy. His wife had passed, and it wasn't long before he made all kinds of friends of the people there at this retirement center. And he was attracted to this one, one lady he was really attracted to. And she was attracted to him, and they built a great relationship, and things were just going wonderful. And so, you know, he was getting later in his life, so he decided he's just going to pop her to question and say, will you marry me? And so he went to bed that night, and uh, the next morning and when he woke up, he, he remembered that he proposed to her, but he couldn't remember if she said yes or no. So he... He finally finds where she's at, and she, he goes to her, and he says, I, I, I'm really embarrassed by all of this that's happened, but he said, I proposed to you last night, but I, for the life of me, cannot remember whether you said yes or no. To which she said, oh, thank goodness, she replied. I remember saying yes, but I couldn't, for the life of me, remember who it was. <laughs> Memory to, <laughs> to keep in mind Hope that doesn't happen to anybody in here, man. It is, man. Oh, there was a song about that years ago, but I'm not going to repeat it. But anyway, it's easy for us to make the commitments at the beginning of something. It's easy for us to stand before the preacher and our friends and simply say, I do, and then we begin to live out our marriage or we, we, we surrender ourselves to Christ and then we begin to live that out in our lives as Christians. And so... I want us to be reminded, and I'll remind you of that throughout the year, actually, of the commitment that you make. You know, God makes a commitment to you, and God will never break His commitment to you. God never slacks off on His commitment to you, His promise to you. God doesn't pull back and just simply say, oh, I forgot about you. No, but oftentimes we find ourselves doing that, don't we? I want to help us this year to not forget those things. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. Last week I said that I want to give you four simple things that you can do every day to help you in your walk to start keeping the focus where it needs to be so that you can receive the success that God wants you to have. The scripture tells us very plainly that we have to believe in God, believe that He also rewards those that earnestly seek Him. So you see, some people don't think that God wants you to be successful in life. That's a lie of Satan, my friend. 
God wants you to be successful in life. And if your focus is Christ, those blessings will come. You get the focus off, gets a little dull, gets a little uh, whatever it is, out of whack. And before you know it, you begin to slip even in the blessings that God wants you to have. So I want you to accomplish those things. Of course, we all do. So we put three of these or two of these things up. I gave you four or two last week, two this week, I should say. And so the first one was put one foot in front of the other. Sounds elementary, and it really is. It is rise and shine. Give God the glory. Today is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So every morning when you get up, just simply say, this is the day that you've given me, Lord. Somebody didn't wake up this morning, but you woke me up for a purpose. So I'm going to rise and shine because I know that you are my God and I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Give me an amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 says, wake up sleeper. It means, hello, don't you know it's today? Don't you realize that you have today? And then it goes on to say there, Christ will shine on you. Who wants Christ to shine on them this year? Give me a hand raise. Some of you are like, well, maybe if he does, it'll be all right. <laughs> Who wants Christ to shine on you this year? Huh? I want a double blessing because God is full of double blessings. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And the second one was, let stuff go that doesn't make you better. In the year 2020, you can allow yourself to be better or bitter. It is really left up to you. It is your choice. You can drag stuff from 2019 over into 2020, and you can drag that stuff in here, and you can let it just beat you up, beat you up, beat you up, and you become more bitter and bitter and bitter. Or you can say, God, God, I'm just leaving that one. I'm leaving that one behind. 2019 is left. 2020 is here. I'm leaving it at the foot of the cross. And I'm just trusting you to bless my life this year. You need to tell yourself that often. Because you know, yesterday, when you go to the office tomorrow, somebody might uh, hurt your feelings or say something or whatever it might be at school, maybe a rough day with dealing with the kids or dealing with the teacher, whatever it might be. But if God gives you the next day, just get up and say, that day's gone. I'm going to start fresh. I'm going to start new. So let that stuff go. Amen? Amen? All right, let's get started for today. Number three. Do what you know you're supposed to do. The principle here is the responsibility that you and I have to do what we know that we are supposed to do. I rather like this. If you do what you are supposed to do, God will do something for you. Did you know that? If you do what you're supposed to do, God will do something for you. Think about that. What are you doing for the Lord? Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. So when you get up in the morning and you simply say, I know what I am to do. Whatever comes my way, I am to give you glory and praise because you are my God. I am the light of this world. You put that in me. When I accepted your son as my Savior and Lord, I am the one to shine today to show you to the world around me. Do what you're supposed to do. Now, some people tell me this, and they often will come to my office even and ask these questions. I just really don't know what God wants me to do. If I knew what God wanted me to do, then I would just do what God wants me to do. Anybody think like that? Well, it may be the case that you may not know and pinpoint exactly what it is that your purpose is in life. But I promise if you, if you just wait around for an apple to fall off a tree and hit you in the head, you're going to wait a long time to figure that out. But if you already know something that you can do, then you do that. And then watch God move through that and show you what your purpose is in life. 
So there are scriptures that point out this. There is no doubt in all of these things. You know what you got to do on Monday, don't you? Every one of you in this room, you already know, tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, 5.30, whatever it is, that clock goes off, you already know what you're going to be doing. Whether you're going to be digging some holes somewhere, you're already going to be teaching some kids somewhere, or whether you're going to the gym in the morning to work out, you already know what you're going to do tomorrow, don't you? Do you know what you're going to do spiritually tomorrow? Have you made a plan for what you're going to do spiritually tomorrow as well as today? We just get up and just go through it, or do we plan for it? Well, the Scripture tells us plainly many, many things, but I'm going to give you this one here. The Scripture is clear here in Luke chapter 6, 38. Someone's going to say right now, I know, first of the year, he's going to talk about money, and I'm just going to tune these things out. Well, that's not the case, but it is part of the case. I want you to look at this first sentence here, what uh, the Lord says here. Jesus speaking here. He says, given it will be given to you. When we look at giving, we almost always first go to our pocketbook. We almost always run to the bank and simply say, well, what does he mean by giving? What does that mean? But if you focus on the giving part, you miss on the blessing part. You see, if he only gave us this one sentence and simply said, give and it will be given to you, you could sit around and go, well, I wonder if I give a dollar, if he'll give me two dollars. Well, I wonder if I give my time here, if he will give me. I wonder if that. So you wonder, but God says, I don't want you to wonder about it. He knew that we, would be, we are humans, and he knew that we would think like that. And so what does he come back with? He comes back with what's going to be given to you, a good measure. What's a good measure? He didn't stop. He just didn't say a good measure because, see, we all measure a little bit. Well, this is a lot. That's a lot more. This is a lot more. This is more. This is more. That's what they do and professional athletes do. This guy makes this much. I should make this much. That guy makes this much. I should make this much. Well, let me tell you what God says about you. You as an individual, child of God, give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will be running over into your lap. And then he comes right back to what he just said in the, uh, in the first sentence. Did you know that? He comes back and he simply says, For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You determine the measure in which you receive by the way you give. Think about that. When I was a teenager growing up, we lived out in the country and we had farm animals and had to go to the feed mill oftentimes. You don't do that a lot, or I don't see it right in this area. I'm sure you do in some of the rural communities. But you just don't run down to Atwoods or the farm supply store and grab 38 bags of feed. Back then you didn't. You went to the feed mill. And when you went there, you went in and to a place, and I recall going in there, and you would, if you wanted some feed for the cows and it would crush corn or whatever it was, you would get this burlap sack, and you'd hold it on this big old chute. You remember that, anybody besides me? And then you pull this lever, and that chute, man, that stuff just comes out of there. I mean, it's just pouring out of that burlap sack. And my dad taught me something. He said, son, grab the corners of that burlap sack. When that's pouring in there, every once in a while, pick it up and drop it down. Pick it up and drop it down. Why? Because that presses it down. And before you know it, you get even more. It wasn't illegal. Everyone did it. You were supposed to do it. You were just not knowledgeable if you didn't do it because that's what you paid for is a sack of feed. Now, I say that to say this. God is an overflow God. 
He doesn't just say, it is be pressed down, shaken together. He doesn't just say, I'm going to pick it up and drop it, pick it up and drop it, and then you're going to have a full load. He said, I'm going to overflow into your life so much so that you can't even hold it all. We ought to be people bragging about our God, about how good our God is and what God has done for us, and the blessings are just overflowing in my life. Give and it will be given to you. The measure you use, ah, that's enough. That's the measure you're going to get. That's the way it works. Just make, listen to this, God is not going to cheat you out of one thing. I might, someone in this room might, your parents might, and even your grandparents might. But God guarantees He will not cheat you or me out of anything. He is an awesome God. Here's one for the younger generation. You may not know this, but when I was a kid, back in the 20s or something, but um, when I was a kid, you got a bag of potato chips. Anybody remember? You open that bag up, and the chips were all the way to the... Abby, imagine that. Chips all the way to the top. I mean, they're right there. I mean, it was like, yes. No one can eat just one. So I eat the whole bag. You ever open a bag of potato chips these days? Potato chip snatcher somewhere in his house. Who took my potato chips? See what I'm talking about? That's the way we plan. That's the way Lay's potato chip plans. God says when you open that bag, they're just going to pop out. Because he's an overflow God. Be responsible for yourself. Do what you know you're you're supposed to do in this, give and it will be given to you. Don't worry about everyone else because sometimes what we do is we look at other people's blessings and say, why didn't I get that blessing? Why didn't I get that raise? I've been here longer than they have. I deserve more than they do. I'm here even longer than they are. I put more hours than they do. And all of a sudden we can get our mind going somewhere else. Don't worry about that. You just keep doing. You just keep giving. And you watch God work in your life in wonderful ways in 2020. Now, remember I tell you this all the time. i told you for 26 and a half years now that I've been here. I've told you that we give in three areas, time, energy, and money in our life. We do that, time and energy. But you can't make more time, so it's the most valuable thing that you have. But what do you plan to do spiritually in your time this year? How much time do you plan to give to God, spiritually speaking, in your walk with Him? Let me give you a prime example of something. You say, well, think out of the box. Okay, here's the thinking out of the box. We have about four or five flower beds around this church building. We have a beautiful facility that God has blessed us with. And I thank you, but I praise God. But those beautiful flower beds have been taken care of by individuals over the years. Some of those individuals are getting just a little bit older. But maybe perhaps you didn't know that. Maybe perhaps this year you would say, you know what, maybe that's what I want to do. I've got that green thumb, and I like to do that. It gets some anxiety and stress away from me. And just a, I'll take one little area, and I'm going to work on that. I'm going to beautify it. So that when people drive up and down this street, they see something that's beautiful, something that's not run down. So, oh, well, they, they're not doing very good. Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe it's once a month that you and your family just say, you know, we're going to take one hour. We're going to work on this flower bed. We're going to weed it. We're going to make it look real pretty. If you'd like to do that, that's going to take time. It's going to take some energy. And if you want to get hooked up in that, you just come see me. I'll get you hooked up in that. I promise you. 
real quick. I'd love to. Don't think that somebody else is going to do it. Wouldn't it be great if we had five flower beds and there were 12 couples, individual families that wanted to be a part of it? You take this month, I'll take next month. You may say, well, nothing's growing out there right now. I'll take January. (laughs) But March is coming. So you may have to double up. Here's another area, giving. Has God blessed you in the last five years? If you look back five years ago, has God blessed you with more than you had five years ago? For most of us in this room, I know if you're on a fixed income, maybe totally different. I understand that. God understands that as well. But has God blessed you more in the past five years? He blessed you more last year? And, and the way you find that out is you look at your checkbook. The way you find that out is you look around your house. The way you find that out is you look in your garage. The way you find that out is look in your driveway. The way you find that out is where you spend that. So how can I increase my giving? Here's a simple way. It's a very simple. If you write a check for $20, can you not write a check for $22 or $24 just as easy? Well, yeah, but that's kind of cheesy. Really? Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, press down, shaken together, run over into your lap. If you write a check for $100, can you not write a check for $120 just as easy? Has God blessed you? He blesses you, but remember the giving... God gives. You see, what we like to do is we like to receive, and then we give out of that. God says it's just the opposite. See how it works? That makes sense to the world, but it should make complete sense to the Christian. Give me an amen. amen. All right. Oh, I, wanted, I inserted this this morning. I told Mike earlier, you know, I, I came up here twice yesterday and rearranged things and came up again this morning and rearranged some more stuff. So these are all free, though. It didn't cost you any more. Okay? I mean, you get the CD, and it's $29.99. You get two of them for $55, okay? But I'm just kidding. You can have a miserable year this year in one of two ways that I give you right now. You can have a miserable year this year in one of two ways. One was by looking at what other people have, being ticked off of what others should be doing. They should be doing. And you can drag it right over in, and, and boy, it can really irk you. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. They don't, they don't, they don't. You can be miserable all year. Or, number two, refusing to do what you should do. Are you supposed to? Should you? All right. The truth is that the world is watching us. They're watching us very closely, especially during this time. They're watching us close to see if we are, we are taking our responsibilities seriously or not. If the world is lacking in anything, it is lacking in responsibility. And we are the ones to be the light to show them that we are responsible. We are blessed. Before the blessing shows up, we are blessed. Ben Franklin says, nothing preaches like an ant, yet she says absolutely nothing. In Proverbs chapter 6, you can see it there for yourself. It tells us basically that an ant, let, let it teach you a thing or two. You know, in this process, no one carries around a whip behind an ant to ensure it gets its work done. You may have soldier ants and all those things, yes. There is no time cards at the ant hills. There is no mama, nag, aunt mama, nagging the babies to get out of bed and get to work in the morning. 
They just do what they do and they are motivated, self-motivated in that process. Why? Because they are doing it and working for their own good. As mature Christians, we should do the same. That's why we got to rise and shine. That's why we got to do this thing because that's what God has given us to do. And 2020 can be that awesome year for us if we will just do that. And number four, I could go on and on. I made a a long list of many things, but this one is really important, is to start now. When are you going to start? When are you going to start? You know, in school, some of you teachers, elementary teachers, this is what you say to your students oftentimes. And those of you in elementary know this. You'll stand before your class certain times of the year and you'll say, boys and girls, you can start the test now. You can say boys and girls in school, can't you? Okay. Boys and girls, you can start the test now. But that means something. It means that you can start now, but there's a finish line. There's something that is, has to stop at the end. Listen to me closely. There's an end to your life. Every single one of us. No matter how young we are, old we are. The Scripture teaches us plainly that God tells us that our days are numbered. And I don't know that date. But I guarantee you on some calendar, some place, there's a number for you. I think God is telling somebody today in their heart is now is the time. Now is the time, boys and girls. You can start the test. You can start and you can start now. What does that mean? I look at it as attack life. You attack life and everything else, don't you? I mean, if you really want something, you attack it, do you not? If you pursue something, you go to school, you get a class, man, this is what I'm pursuing. You want to be a photographer, you get the new cameras and you get all the lenses and you get all that stuff. You do all the study, you attack it. You want to lose some weight, you want to get back in shape, you go to the gym, you attack it. You want to get promotions at work, so on and so forth. Attack life spiritually. Don't procrastinate. Procrastination, man, that's a tough one. Procrastination, putting it off. Listen to this one. I spent a fortune on a trampoline, a stationary bike, and a rowing machine, complete with gadgets to read my pulse and gadgets to prove my progress results and others to show the miles I've charted, but they left off the gadget to get me started. I want to tell you today that there's a thief among us, and it's Satan. And he comes to steal from you your commitment to God. The purpose that you have in your life, he wants to steal it from you. He wants to pull out of you what God has put in you, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants you to let it be, become dormant. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I believe one of the things that we allow is Satan to steal us is, from, is our motivation. It's just getting started. It's just getting started. Those, listen, those first 20 push-ups, guys, those first 20 push-ups are the hardest They always are. 
But if you just keep at it, and you just keep at it, before you know, you'll be on 25, and perhaps 30, or 105. Satan wants to steal from us our motivation, but nonetheless... When we do get motivated, you know what he wants then? He doesn't want us to get motivated in the first place, so if he can steal it right off the bat. In other words, the gun goes off, and you trip right at the beginning line. You say, oh, forget it, I can't catch up. That's what he wants in your life, and that's what he does in many people's lives. But there's another one. You're motivated. You get started. The gun goes off. You got a good going, man. You're going down through there. Long-legged like me, you're jumping those high hurdles, and you're going down there as best that you can. And what does he want to do? He wants to trip you up. He wants to, he wants to move those hurdles a little bit higher. He wants to trip you up. And he does that because he wants to steal the next blessing that God has for you. God hasn't ran out of blessings for you because of any of your age. Did you know that? Young or old alike, God doesn't say, well, you got 322 blessings. When you get to that, you don't get any more. God doesn't do that. God has blessings for you. Satan knows God has blessings for you. So therefore, Satan tries to stop getting blessings to you. Why? Because when you stop receiving blessings, blessings, you start questioning God. And when you start questioning God, you stay in bed on Sunday mornings. And before you know it, your relationship is at a distance instead of that refreshment that you long for. Edward Young once said this of procrastination. Procrastination is the thief of time, and it is. God wants us in the race, not on the sidelines. He doesn't want us just here cheering him on, cheering each other on. That's what we're doing right here. But when we walk up that, the most important sign on the building door is the exit sign. It means that we go into the world and shine for him. The question is, are we ready? Somebody's saying, well, I'm just waiting for school to be out. Someone's saying, well, I'm just waiting for retirement. Someone's saying, I'm just waiting for my ship to come in. I went to the casino last night, and I didn't win, so therefore I can't. Ecclesiastes teaches us, if you wait for the perfect conditions, you'll never get started. Every farmer knows that. You don't wait for the rain to come. You plant and pray that God will take care of it. Give me an amen. Let me ask you a question. Did you plan to do something last year in 2019 that you didn't do? I mean, you really wanted to do it. Maybe it was run that marathon. Maybe it was that you wanted to go to Hawaii and take your preacher with you. Uh, uh, <laughs> we didn't go, by the way. But maybe it was something that you really wanted to accomplish, even spiritually. You wanted to read maybe through the Bible or a, a particular book in the Bible that you really wanted to dig into or Did you really want to do it, but you didn't accomplish it? Don't look at yourself as a failure. God never looks, as, uh, looks at us as failures. He looks at us as His children. Most likely, it was because you put it off for so long that it became less and less a priority in your life. There are things that come throughout your life and throughout this year that will move up on a priority list and it will push those things down and down and down. But one thing you cannot let go to the wayside is your spiritual walk with the Lord. 
all the things that you might go through in life this year, and there will be ups and there will be downs, keep your spiritual fervor high. High. Because then when you go through the valleys, you'll know He is with me. And He said He promises He'll never leave me nor forsake me. And He won't. Give me an amen. Procrastination is the primary tool of the devil. Mention that. He wants you to put it off because if you put it off long enough, you'll just give up. Look at this message translation. You can read it in King James or NIV, whatever is best for you. But I love this one right here. I, I thought it was kind of funny, but it's very true, isn't it? One day I walked by the field of an old lazy bones and then passed the vineyard of the hooligan. They were overgrown with weeds and thick and thistles. All of the fences broke down. I took a long, long look and pondered what I saw. The fields preached me a sermon and I listened. A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, and a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life with poverty as your permanent house guest. Give, it be given to you. Lazy produces laziness. Do it now. If you put it off, get up and get started, as we mentioned last week. First things first, say good morning to God every morning and say, Here I am, God. Use me in some way in your kingdom. I'm ready. Here am I. Send me. Let stuff go that doesn't matter. Get rid of that old way of thinking. Start fresh. Do what you know you should do. Remember who you are and whose you are. And by all means, do it now. If the Lord has called you to give your life to Him, when are you going to do that? What does that mean? And I, I, I think we need to just, just for a moment, I want you to know, what does that mean? All, all of you in this room, you're good people. You do good, you love your family, you love friends, you have a life, you're trying to do your best. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. But if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you're lost. You are not a child of God. He loves you, but you're not His child. You can change that today if you don't procrastinate any longer. You can accept Jesus as your Lord, repent of your sins, experience a new birth. He will clothe you with His righteousness. doesn't mean everything in 2020 is going to go great. But it means whatever comes, He'll be there with you. But do it. Do it now, for today is the day of salvation. What does that mean? It means today God has given you Tomorrow is not promised. That's not a scare tactic. That's a fact. If he has prompted you, ask for prayers. Do it now. 1 Peter chapter 3 says, He listens to our prayers. Think about that. Daddies, mommies, grandmas, grandpas, don't you just love to hear your little children pray? Amen? Isn't that beautiful? Oh, I just love it when my grandkids grandkids pray. One of the things I hated so much when Langston moved out, our now 20-year-old grandson, 
that has a son, so I'm a great-grandparent. But in that process, one of the things I miss is our prayer in the morning and our prayer at night. I love to listen to my grandbabies pray. Amen? Did you know God listens to you every time you pray? Every single time you pray, God says, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, that's my daughter. It's not that you say everything right or did everything right throughout the day. It's that they know who their father is. Today, God is saying, don't put off talking to me again. Maybe you're going through a hurt or a pain. Have you talked to him about it? Maybe you want some friends here at the church to pray with you about it. Maybe you're going through an illness or a sickness or a disease or whatever it is, and you want us to join with you in that prayer. Oh, that's what we're here for. When somebody in my family gets sick and they call from back in Kentucky or Michigan, you know what? We pray for them. They're my family. But you know what? Right here's my family. And when you become sick, I want to pray for you as well. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ Jesus. And God wants to listen to us pray for his children. Do it today. Do it now. Proverbs 16.3, last one. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. But your commitment is to the Lord. It's not to a preacher. It's not to a church or a church name. It's to the Lord. And never forget that He will never forget His commitment to you. Because He put Him on a cross and He died once for all for you and for me. Just come as you are. Offer God your brokenness and watch how He heals you. Come, come now, as together we stand and sing.